You're listening to the E2C Network, podcast by Auburn fans for Auburn fans. Where you go, Auburn fans? Welcome to No Huddle, your source for Auburn football news and discussion, part of the E2C Network. I'm AJ Richardson, and Auburn just had their NFL draft. All of the players uh, that got drafted this year, uh, we got ended up having four of them. It was, uh, I feel like for a lot of fans, probably a little lackluster, but don't get discouraged. We're going to be talking through uh, kind of how Auburn has typically done, especially under the Gus Malzahn era of players getting drafted, uh, and then even dating back to uh, the early 2000s, and uh, how some of the players that were got drafted ended up having long and even some of the players still having uh careers in the nfl i've also brought along jared my friend how are you doing i am doing well doing well i uh my name was not called the other day um i don't know about yours nah but it was a shame i guess i'll be showing back up to work on monday so i was hoping every year i chime in they hadn't called it yet (laughs) i mean i did graduate college and uh, (laughs) i guess i'm open for the nfl draft but (laughs) yeah i mean if they call i'll take it for sure i'll take a free agency contract actually absolutely i mean uh, that's some good money i mean it's not like draft worthy money but still like tens of thousands of dollars i'll take that it's enough for three Starbucks. <laughs> At least, Jared, and your yeah, Starbucks three. addiction. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Just had some today, actually. <laughs> no, I, I didn't question it all. I need it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, funny enough, I'm more of a, uh, I don't do it in the in the winter. I don't really care for their hot items. It's more of the summer. I like the, I can't replicate the cold drinks, so I have to go there to get them. But hot, I do it from home. Okay, okay. nobody cares about any of this. Let's get to some football. (laughs) Sorry about that. All right, let's talk about some football. And like I mentioned, I mean, Auburn had four players get drafted in the NFL draft uh, in 2021. And I was looking back at the previous numbers because I I think our most recent memory is getting guys like Derek Brown and Noah Benogany drafted very high up. First rounders, second rounders. Um, in the NFL draft. And uh, this year, our first guy got, that got drafted was Anthony Schwartz in the third round. And I feel like a lot of Auburn fans just kind of were like, really? Like, do we not have that good of talented guys? Like, what's going on here? And uh, so I started to look back at a lot of the players previously. And Jared and I kind of, like, did a combination of this along with we looked at uh, Auburn Undercover. They kind of put together an article of players that got drafted in the 90th overall or later. So that's typically like third round or late third round or even further back in the, in the draft. Um, Jared, I kind of want to hand it off to you and, and get your thoughts on what, where kind of Auburn sits uh, in the 2021 draft and, and kind of, you know, don't get uh, why, why player or why the fans shouldn't get discouraged by only having four players drafted and get and further back in the draft. Yeah, I, mean, I think we we all get caught up in the moment. So, all right, we we hated to hear Alabama's players being mentioned and Auburn's players, you know, not. Um, and so, I totally understand that. Um, that was a, a in the moment thing. But if you think about, all right, career wise, so you know, like you mentioned, we had several players that were 90th or later, big name players. Some of them still having pretty big impacts in the NFL. A few of them are, you know, Drawed Powers. Devin Aramashadu, Ben Obamanu, CJ Uzama, 
Carl Lawson, Darius Slayton, and Jamel Dean. I mean, I'll be honest with you, Carl Lawson, if he continues on the path he's on, I mean, he, you know, he's going to have to do a little more production probably, but he's got the ability to, uh, you know, be a, a pro bowler and, you know, make a huge impact. Uzuma, he gets a lot of uh, looks at Cincinnati. Uh, Jamel Dean, you know, he gets a lot of playing time as well. So I think, and Gerard Powers, I think he had a lot of playing time for the Colts. It was a while back. But so these players are, yes, they are not being called, you know, day one, but they are going on and having a huge impact. And that's key because he's NFL. And I know it's a new coaching staff, but the NFL coaches, they will look at that and say, listen, we can get really quality Auburn guys. Um, so we're going to take a flyer on them. Yeah, it might be the third or fourth round, but we're going to grab them because look at the other ones that have gone there and, and turned out to do really well. Yeah, I mean, all of those that you mentioned have gone later than even what we had with Anthony Schwartz. So all of them have at some point been just sitting there pretty much on during the third day or the second day of the draft, and they're just like, when's my name going to get called? And maybe they get a little extra chip on their shoulder. They're ready to go. And uh, they make a big impact on the teams that they go to the NFL. Um, and I, I feel like there's something to be said for having a little bit of that chip on your shoulder, especially in the NFL where people discredit you. I mean, the bigger name that everybody thinks about is like Tom Brady. He wasn't drafted in the first round, but yet look how good of a career he's made out of uh, being in the NFL. And there's players that, and from Auburn that have done extremely well. I mean, like I'm, I'm legit. I mean, I'm thinking about Darius Slayton right now. He was drafted in the fifth round, 171st overall, way back in the draft. And yet his rookie season. And then in 2020, this last season, he's gotten so many starts. He's gotten a total of 24 starts and has had a cumulative almost 1,500 yards and 11 touchdowns. This guy over the last two years has blown our expectations about what a wide receiver from Auburn can be um, in the NFL. And I feel like that definitely helps guys like Seth Williams and Anthony Schwartz um, kind of pave, uh, pretty much set the groundwork for, hey, Auburn wide receivers can make it in the NFL. And Darius Slayton has proven that time and time again over this last uh, couple of years. Well, I think we realize uh, uh, just really how hard it is to get drafted. And I am one that thinks that Gus Malzahn's plan is more suited for college and might have hurt a little bit uh, players being able to put on film what they can do in the NFL. However, uh, Auburn has not historically put a lot of players in the NFL receiving-wise. And, you know, under Gus, uh, I know they did Darius as far as draft now, Darius Slayton, and then I know Seth fell down this year, but from an Auburn perspective, we had two receivers go this year mm-hmm. um, off of a not great year for Auburn. So, you know, there's some things to point at and say, hey, this that's pretty good. Could it have been better? Sure. But we know that. If it would have been better, Gus would still be our coach. But looking at what we've done from the past to what we're doing right now, it's not really that far off base. We would like for it to be better. I would like to hear six of our guys called in the first round. It was very similar in 05 when we had Jason Campbell, Caddy, Ronnie, and I think Carlos Rogers. They all went in the first round. So, you know, it's happened before for Auburn. So let's calm down a little bit if you're upset. Um, 
we're on a new path. Let's see where that leads us. I will add one more thing about the players that got drafted late. It still blows my mind Carl Lawson was taken that late. I mean, the guy's just a stud. Yeah, fourth so rounder. That's That was a steal Man. in the draft <laughs> to get that quality of a player that low. Uh, that was a steal. I hope he's already redone his contract because he deserves more than what he probably made as a fourth rounder. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure he has. I'm sure there's been contract negotiations and that kind of stuff because, I mean, in the time Carl Lawson has been in the NFL, he's got already 81 total tackles and 20 sacks, and he's still playing. He can still keep going, and him just playing so well already kind of shows me he that next step for guys like Carl Lawson they just need to keep doing what they're doing. I mean, they, they're kind of on the right path. Um, and that's kind of cool to see, like, guys from Auburn's defense really performing really well in the NFL. Uh, and I, I've seen guys like Carl Lawson, who, like you said, got overlooked a lot of times, but they play so well and are so smart, which ultimately is what kind of the NFL is looking for, a physical guy that is very smart. And that's Carl Lawson. Um, and there's there's plenty of other examples that I can think of. Let's uh let's let's help calm everybody for one more major thing that we all hear on Twitter and everywhere. Um, talk to them a little bit about the star rating as far as players that got taken in the first round, and we can take both sides of why this is, but it doesn't negate what it actually was. What do you know? Uh, you know, five star, four star, three star. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, yeah, because, I mean, the numbers that you hear always, especially in the first round, they they kind of like, all right, let's look at recruiting-wise out of high school. What was this guy, and, you know, where did he get drafted? So you're going to see a lot. The five stars, there were seven of them. Four stars, there were ten of them this, this draft season. And there was three, or in three stars, there were 14. So, like, the, the numbers kind of keep increasing. There were seven five-star, like I said, uh, 10 four-star, 14 three-stars, and one two-star. So, it kind of shows you, like, if you want to make it to the NFL the, and be that kind of level of talent, in the first round at least, you got to be at least a three-star. And I feel like a lot of people see these stats and they're like, well, that's just kind of shows you development is such a big part of college football, which it is. There's a big part of that. Um, but then there's also this raw talent of the five stars that come out of high school, do well in college still, and get drafted first round in the NFL draft. And uh, I feel like there can be, uh, there's two sides of this. They look at it as, well, it's just like raw talent. They make it in. But I feel like there's also this development piece uh, that's called that is college football. Jared, what's your kind of thoughts on like the the star ratings from high school and then their performance in college, and then kind of where they relate uh, when they start getting drafted? Yeah, I mean, I look at this essentially. What I look at, I say, listen, um, th- fourteen three stars. I mean, people freak out about three stars. Okay, yeah. Oh, we only have three stars. Right. Here's the deal: if if it's a if you've done your research. Uh, you can turn a three-star into a first-round draft pick if you develop them. Now, by nature, it is going to be, you know, five-star is going to be the less, the least, because there's just not enough five-stars. So that's probably the least draft out there. By numbers, four and three-stars make up a lot more players. Yep. But still, to have 14 three-stars in the first round, that just means that these players that we brought in, 
if we develop them properly, give them good coaching, they could become a first-round pick. Um, I want to tell people one more thing, and AJ, I think we forgot to talk about this. Um, two of the top five picks total overall, one was committed to Harson. That's Zach Wilson. Mm-hmm. He was committed to Boise State until BYU came in. As soon as he committed to BYU, Harson got his staff looking around the country. Guess who they went after? Who? Trey Lance. Wow. The North Dakota State kid. So they that is Harson reviewing the quarterbacks. These these are both three star guys. And they reviewed two guys that they wanted. They just went two and three in the draft. And wow. the reason that Trey Lance, give him credit to this, he did not commit to Boise is because he, he didn't want to take back his word to North Dakota State. So uh, he kept his word on that. And Zach, I mean, you can't blame Zach for going to a larger school. So um, maybe Harson knows how to evaluate quarterbacks. I mean, there's definitely a part of that, which I think from an Auburn fan perspective, that's a good thing that he's able to evaluate quarterbacks. Um, and it seems like from what the guys that have come out of Harson's era of being a head coach and quarterbacks coach, he's been able to develop some really good quarterbacks too. Um, and so there's this element of can he evaluate the high school t- level talent, develop them in college, and then ultimately, I mean, he didn't do the development piece with the two, two and three star or two and uh, number two and number three overall that we were just talking about, but get guys in the NFL. And there was a Boise State player, I think it was a defensive player though, so maybe I'm kind of discrediting this, but there's players that he's gotten in the NFL. Um, he has, and I think it's one thing to say, well, okay, well, yeah, it was Zach and Trey Lance. Well, Zach and Trey Lance were three-star pe- names that people didn't know. It's not Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields. Mm-hmm. And, and these were people that Harson he had one of them committed, and as soon as he lost it, he went after the next guy, and the next guy, oh, he happened to just maybe the quarterback for the 49ers next year. So I think there's some positive things to look at on the staff we have now. Can they – can they find because look we have to start winning we to get to the recruiting like georgia and alabama we need to put some you know we need to put some success on the field that will come gus did it the worst class gus ever had was 12 technically this wasn't his final class so i won't count it against him we're going to get back there but right now we're going to probably have to make do with some three stars Mm -hmm. develop them and i think we may have a staff that can do that 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 was my ultimate point of number one don't panic. Three stars become first-round draft picks. Number two, we have a coach who saw great potential in two guys that you know just went two and three in the draft. So let's give the staff some time to uh, you know try to develop what they're bringing on. Yeah, absolutely. I definitely think so. Um, let's talk about some Auburn players it, uh, just that ended up getting drafted. Let's start with the first one that got drafted. And uh, kind of talk about them, where they were projected uh, pre-draft, where they actually got drafted, um, kind of where they'll fit in with their new program. Um, and then, Jared, I want to do like a little moment of what was our favorite moments with these players that got drafted when they were at Auburn? Did, was there a particular play? Uh, something like that. So uh, let's start with Anthony Schwartz. Uh, he was actually projected to kind of go to second and third rounds uh, in the draft according to a lot of different boards that I was looking at. And uh, so him going third round, yeah, it's on the later end of that, but it's still within, I feel like, the projected, uh, what he was projected to be. Uh, He'll be playing for the Cleveland Browns. I actually have a friend who's a Cleveland Browns fan, and uh, God 
bless him, because that's that's a tough team to be <laughs> a fan of. Uh, but he is a wholehearted fan, and he was asking me about him uh, this last weekend after they drafted him. He was like, tell me a little about this guy. And and so, I mean, you can t- he already knew about he was really fast. He could do a lot of go routes. But I was also telling him, he, I feel like he's developed the shorter route running as well. Because teams, especially defensive teams, have to respect his speed. So they're lining up, you know, seven, eight, nine yards off the off the ball because they have to respect Anthony Schwartz's speed, um, which allows for the bubble screens. It allows for the jet sweeps. It it allows for more of the uh, kind of get him, just get him the ball in open space, and he'll make something happen. So, um, uh, what? How do you think? What do you what do you think of Anthony Schwartz going to the Browns? Um, especially with, you know, they already have Odo Beckham. They've got Jarvis Landry, Rashad Higgins, Higgins, sorry, um, Donovan Peoples-Jones, and uh, uh, I'm going to mess up his name, Kahardar, I don't know, I'm, I'm not. Kadero Hodge, maybe? Yes. Kadero Hodge, you. yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, you're welcome. I, I mean, I think uh, you don't know, you know, you, uh, two years ago, I'd have said, oh, no, he went to the Browns. Well, the Browns have actually apparently figured some things out, yeah. so. And I think Baker Mayfield's a legit quarterback, and they got an offensive-minded coach. So I think it could be a good thing. Um, essentially, you know, everybody's trying to find the next Tyreek Hill. I don't know if Schwartz is that. Um, to me, Schwartz is more of a, hey, you point me in the direction, and I'm out going to outrun everybody. Hill's kind of a shifty guy, too. Schwartz really isn't shifty. He's just really fast. Yeah. Um, but I think there's a lot they can do with him. I think the one thing that surprised me most about Schwartz in, at Auburn was his route running. I mean, he was – he was like always in the right place, good mm-hmm. hands. He was almost uh, uh, Bo's safety net, yeah. And very impressed with that because he, we all just knew him as a track guy, and he turned himself into a good football player. So I'm excited for him. Uh, maybe he does come the next Tyreek Hill. I hope he does. Um, he has the talent, and so it's going to be definitely going to be exciting to see what they're able to to do with him. And I think the Browns is a good spot now. It was not a few years ago. I think it's a good spot for him. Yeah, and somebody was pointing out, I mean, he was really their first, I think, real offensive threat that they went after in this draft. And they they kind of were like, well, if he's not going to be an immediate starter, then why do we pick him? It's because I think the Browns are, on, like you said, on that cusp of like really putting together a full offensive picture, which they've been, <laughs> they have not had for a very long time. And I feel like that's helpful for Schwartz because then he can just be, I feel like how Gus at times wanted him to be very specific, like moments, let Anthony Schwartz do that one play that he's really good at. Um, And and I'm just thinking about like one of my favorite moments was that reverse sweep kind of handoff, double reverse kind of thing against Texas A&M where like he just completely, if he's any slower, Texas A&M would have, uh, one of the defenders would have gotten to him and stopped him. But he ended up scoring a touchdown, like for a 50 yard right in the middle of the field, scored it. And I mean, that's the kind of things that you want. You want like some cool little plays that uh, Schwartz can do. Um, but I think he's also got the versatility with some development, with that raw talent that he has to, you know, become a little bit more than that and become a little bit more of a reliable wide receiver. Um, and, and I feel like, I mean, if you're in the same wide receiver room as Odo Beckham, Jarvis Landry, Rashad Higgins, you got some good guys that will mentor you and help you uh, become that just to that next level um, in the wide receiver room. Agreed. 
Uh, you, do you have any favorite moments or anything that you uh, think of when you think back on Anthony Schwartz's time in Auburn? Yeah, I mean, I think the moment, I think you mentioned it, the A&M moment, you know, because we went out there, we didn't know what type of team we had. Um, and we went out there and we got up 21 nothing on them. And that play was was huge. And, I mean, that was a moment where even, I think, Deion Sanders, there were some big-time players that tweeted about that. I think it was the CBS game, and they were like, wow. I mean, mm-hmm. that was good. we all knew what Schwartz had, but that moment was nationally televised. Yeah. So I think that was probably a big moment for him as well. Um, to me, the more impressive, because the other one was good blocking and just showed his speed, the more impressive was the Tennessee play, which we lost the game. But, yeah, I mean, he was at the sideline, like, faked like he was going out of bounds and then just blew by the team. <laughs> I mean, it, and that was for – nobody was watching that game but Auburn and Tennessee fans. But – that was a moment where we were all also reminded of, wow, I mean, this guy's, this guy's special. Um, you know, it's sad we don't have more moments to remember, um, you know, because really we just haven't had great protection while Shorts was there to, to pass downfield like we should have. But um, those two plays really, really show the ability he has, and I can definitely see why a team took a, took a chance on him. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, Auburn fans, I want to take a quick timeout from this episode to bring your attention to something very special. Here at the E2C Network, we pride ourselves on bringing you the best content for Auburn fans out there. And best of all, it's free to you. But just because it's free doesn't mean there aren't costs, especially when you have a library of hundreds of podcasts, videos, blogs, and more. Many of you have reached out and asked how you can support this network in the past. Well, now I have your answer. It's called the E2C Network Booster Club over at patreon.com slash E2C Network. There you'll find a membership monthly reward system where you can sign up for as little as $1 and get different perks at different tiers. Some of those perks include things such as apparel, eligibility to join us on future podcasts, recognition as an E2C Network Booster, exclusive communications, and bonus content that is available nowhere else. If you love this network and want to help us keep producing podcasts like this one, please head on over to patreon.com slash E2C Network to join the E2C Network Booster Club. You can also get there by going to our website, e2cnetwork.com slash support. Whether you decide to join or not, we are still so appreciative that you would support us by just listening and being here because each and every one of you is part of our E2C Network family. Well, that's it. Timeout's over. Let's get back into the episode. All right, let's talk about the next guy that ended up getting drafted. Uh, and it was Jamie Sherwood, who at Auburn has kind of played more of a safety role. Though he did come down as a linebacker type role, uh, especially when... I feel like teams were kind of doing a probably more likely going to be running the ball. Um, and it was just because Jamie and Sherwood was such a sure tackler tackler at Auburn. And from what the scouts and coaches that have talked about Jamie and Sherwood, that's the key thing that he got drafted for in the fifth round to the uh, New York jets. Um, and I feel like the jets will definitely love just putting him in a spot where he can go and tackle somebody because he hits super hard. He causes fumbles. He gets sacks. He recovers fumbles. He does it all. And that's exactly what a defense in the NFL needs. It's just a hard hitter that knows how to tackle a guy um, and reliably do that over and over and over. 
Um, and, and I, I want to see how that kind of looks, especially with him transitioning, because I thought that was kind of interesting. The Jets are kind of looking at him as more of a, a linebacker. And then I was thinking about it. He's 6'2", 220. So he's, so he's kind of on the smaller side for a linebacker, especially NFL level. And I want to see how that transitions with him probably bulking up in the offseason, needing to gain some muscle um, so that he can stand in there, especially against uh, bigger level NFL talent. Um, Jared, what's your thoughts on Jamie and Sherwood getting drafted as a linebacker for the Jets in the fifth round? Um, I was a little surprised. I'm happy for him. Uh, you know, and I think that it might have surprised maybe even him because I think you mentioned that he was not really on anybody's board to be drafted. Um, so that was, you know, that was key. I, th- I think uh, I think we've had some hard-hitting secondary players in the last few years, and some of them have gone on to have, you know, success in the NFL. So that may have led, um, you know, uh, Kevin Steele's philosophy uh, and how, you know, and how he's developed uh, some of these players may have led the Jets to, to take a chance on him as well. So it is interesting that they got him listed at linebacker. Um, but, you know, there's so many different schemes the NFL teams put out there that, you know, it could be a deal where when they have, you know, when the, the offense has five wide, they might be thinking, hey, we can put him in to, to be kind of linebacker and, mm-hmm. and, and secondary. So athletic guy, super happy for him. Uh, but honestly, no idea what role he's going to have. Hopefully it's a long career in the NFL. Um, and it was good, good to see him get taken. And it was a surprise. Somebody texted me, I quit watching and they texted me that he went to the jets in the fifth round and I did a little fist pump. I was excited for it. <laughs> yeah, me too. I was very excited for him because I mean, most of the draft boards didn't even have him on it. And uh, for him to get picked up in the fifth round uh, above even guys like KJ Bread and Seth Williams, I feel like that says how much talent he has. Um, and the NFL is really looking forward to having him, um, especially with the Jets. It sounds like their linebacker core is kind of it's very thin right now. So they're wanting to add some depth. And uh, they definitely got some linebacker depth um, with Jamie and Sherwood. Uh, he can also play some special teams, too. Uh, he did a good bit of that at Auburn. And, uh, I mean, special teams, good, solid special teams players um, can make a good career in the NFL as well. Um, Let's talk about K.J. Britt. Uh, He ended up uh, getting drafted in the fifth round uh, to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which also, if you think back to the last, I think, two or three years, we've had some players from Auburn go there, Carlton Davis and Jamel Dean. So we've got K.J. Britt, Carlton Davis, and Jamel Dean all at Tampa Bay. Uh, I feel like Tampa Bay is kind of like a, got a little defensive pipeline going towards them from <laughs> Auburn now. Um, and I love it. Um, I love watching, uh, I mean, we got to watch them in the Super Bowl and win mm-hmm. the Super Bowl. Um, just think about if KJ Britt in this next year, you know, they're a Super Bowl contender watching him in the Super Bowl. It would be so awesome. I would love it so much. Um, Jerry, what's your thoughts on him uh, going to the Tampa Bay uh, Buccaneers? Uh, and and kind of how he might fit in with uh, what you think the Bucks need. Yeah, we have basically become their minor league uh, system <laughs> on the defense. It looks like so. You know, I think it's it helps that Dean and um, uh, Carlton Davis, you know, going there and actually having a, a huge part and playing well. You know, it's probably what got KJ drafted because they were all both those other guys were under the Kevin Steele you know regime as mm-hmm. well for defense. 
K.J. Britt learned under that. Um, so I think that, that probably helped get him drafted in that spot, although he was projected uh, maybe around there anyways. And, you know, I don't know if he was projected there before or after the Senior Bowl. You know, they said that the thing he can't do is really cover that well and drop back into coverage, but he did in the Pro Bowl and the um, Senior Bowl. So I think that probably helped a little bit maybe. Showed some things that they had question marks about. He's always been considered a great leader. Um, he's an alpha type guy, they say, but he's not hes not rude with it. So he's yeah. a very humble guy too. So I think he's a great leader. He's, he, he's downhill. They said he fills gaps well. He's a hard hitter. They said when you – when when he hits you, you know it. <laughs> I was reading something. They said uh, a draft analysis. They said that basically his hips aren't kind of, they don't open up like you would want them to. Maybe so he's more of a you know he might get beat in certain situations, but when he hits you, you know you've been hit. Um, and he's a great size for linebacker. So I think he he could really wind up. Auburn's had some linebackers have great careers in the NFL. I think he could be another one of them. I don't know that he'll be a Hall of Famer, but he might. And at the end of the day, I think he's going to have a big, big uh, part with the Buccaneers defense. And I'm just happy for him to have the other two Auburn guys because that's a big change mm-hmm. going to an NFL team and to have essentially family. They probably consider themselves family because they're both from Auburn. That's a big deal. I think that'll help him get acclimated better. Yeah, and and one of the cool things that I saw was Coach T. Will, which was his linebackers coach, was with him when he got the yep. call. Um, and I was also thinking, I mean, Tampa Bay isn't that far from Orlando. So, I mean, honestly, I'm sure they'll keep up and, uh, T will can kind of be his coaching, you know, the unofficial coach off the field, kind of helping them. Um, I feel like that's kind of a cool relationship that, I mean, that just shows you how cool T will is. And, uh, we're definitely going to miss him. Um, and KJ, because both of those guys, I mean, like I think about, them too and Deshaun Davis um as being kind of that the linebackers the linebackers and why Auburn's linebackers became such a a cool unique group um on the defensive side of the ball yeah and I just hate it for you know KJ got hurt two games in last year two or three games in and that probably hurt his status a little bit so I I hope he's able to go down there and prove his worth and um like I said, just have a long have a long NFL career because he's he's a good he's one of the good guys. Yeah, absolutely. He's he's one of those guys you want to root for. I mean, anybody who's uh, met him or seen any interviews of him, like he has such a cool, uh, just a good heart and wants to help out everybody that he yep. possibly can. Uh, let's talk about the next guy that got drafted, uh, Seth Williams. Uh, he got drafted in the sixth round, uh, 219th overall to the Denver. Broncos and I feel like for a lot of Auburn fans myself included I was expecting him to probably even go above guys like Anthony Schwartz I'm just thinking about level of like who at Auburn do we go to as far as wide receivers I think if you go typically to Seth Williams over Anthony Schwartz but one of the things that Anthony was able to do is get open a little bit more than Seth Williams was and that kind of lended itself to well, they'd probably put their number one DB on Seth Williams, and Seth Williams would get you know covered up, sometimes double teamed, and that would open up other guys to get the ball. But you got to handle that. You got to handle that pressure. And uh, I feel like one of the probably the knocks against him that might have knocked him down uh, into the sixth round was his agility with getting open. 
I mean, there was times even this last year where I felt like, yeah, he's great at the 50, 50 ball, but sometimes you gotta, you gotta get a little separation, um, and, and get open uh, a little bit more, uh, for the quarterback to feel confident throwing the ball to you. Um, what's your thoughts on Seth Williams getting drafted, uh, in the sixth round to the Broncos? I was surprised. I mean, I, I've been a Seth Williams fan since, you know, I mean, he, he made a catch his freshman year at Auburn that wasn't a catch because yes. he didn't stay in bounds. It was against LSU. Uh-huh. It was like a – I mean, nobody he, – he shouldn't have come down with that. And I saw that, and I was like, who's that guy? Right. I was, and I immediately – I said, that guy's going to be – he's going to be a good player. Just the way – just his hands. And then, you know, ever since then, the, the rest was history. Um, I mean, he single-handedly beat A&M on that comeback with Jared Stidham. I mean, mm-hmm. he – you know that that was that was him and Stidham there in the fourth quarter. So, and he was a true freshman at the time. I I was surprised. I think the thing you know we we're not in the we don't think like NFL people do. And the funny thing is, it's almost like the more question marks about you, the better. Because with Schwartz, like okay, there's a lot we don't know about him, but we know he's fast. Mm-hmm. So we want to take a shot. You know, there's a lot we don't know about so and so, but we know they are very athletic and fast. There's not a lot you don't know about Seth Williams. Um, he is what he is. He is going to probably struggle to get open uh, consistently. But the thing is, his radius and hands are so good, he so doesn't good. have to. I don't know if any of this is true. This is just what I picture. I picture him kind of like a Keyshawn Johnson, if you remember him. He's a big body who catches the ball really well in mm-hmm. traffic. And if you if it's third and four and you need a first down and you get it anywhere near him, it's going to be caught. Yeah. I'm surprised there wasn't a higher need for that in the NFL. Um, so it shocked me he fell that far, and it shocked him. I saw a thing. He he politely said it, but he said I was surprised. He said I'm just going to use it as fuel, you know. And he talked. He said all the right things. I'm excited to be with, you know, their receiving core and the Broncos, and thanked them. But it shocked him a little bit too. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking because most of the draft words were kind of put in the third and fourth round, so. Uh, I was thinking, you know, probably around there. And then it came to the third day of the draft and he still hadn't been picked up. And I was thinking, Oh man, like what happened? Like what, what are they not seeing in him? And I mean, it's kind of, he's kind of like one of those, I feel like he's kind of like Darius Slayton can fly under the radar a little bit, but then he's going to make the big play and he will do things that will help your team win the game ultimately. And, I mean, I think this will help the Broncos in a lot of ways that maybe they aren't even thinking because this guy can catch pretty much anything that is thrown to him. Um, and that's one thing I love about him. If you the, the film I would have kept showing if I was him to teams is the Georgia game in 2019 mm. where we literally went slant route, slant route, slant route. We basically told them we were about to run a slant route to Seth Williams because that's all we can do. Yeah. And he caught, he caught all of them. Yeah. Um, and then in the fourth quarter, it was the Seth Williams Bo Nix show. I mean, he catches that crazy one on the sideline. That is still a catch. Mm-hmm. And they came back and overturned it because they do silly things um, <laughs> that probably would have won us the ball game. So I would have gone and showed that because the Georgia defense is the about as close as you're going to get to an NFL defense. Yeah. And yeah, he wasn't getting great separation. There were people draped all over him, and he was still catching the ball. Oh yeah. I felt like he dropped a few in 2020 that he maybe wouldn't have normally dropped, and maybe that hurt him a little bit because that's his thing. I don't drop these. But the guy's got – he's got talent, and I was I was really, really, really surprised. I really started getting worried he wasn't getting drafted. Um, 
Uh, but I was really surprised he fell to the sixth round. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking back to even because I keep comparing him to Darius Slayton because I think of them kind of in a similar uh, type of thing where people you know kind of doubted on him. But I feel like Seth can't. I feel like he has better hands than Darius Slayton. Yet Darius Slayton in the NFL hasn't had hardly any problems with catching balls, and so I'm hoping that Seth Williams, whatever this 2020 year of him dropping a handful of passes that he probably wouldn't have in any other circumstances. He, I feel like, I hope he, he's able to figure that out. Um, and, uh, won't be a problem in the NFL. One more thing. I know we got to get on. People did talk about his agility maybe and being able, and I've even said he struggled to get open, but I don't think agility is a problem with him. Cause you would always see once he caught the ball, he would leap people. He would throw people off. Yeah. He would spin. I mean, it was a show watching him. I was always like, get down so you don't fumble, and he never did. But right. it's like, get down. But, I mean, the man can make crazy moves. There's something either he can't do it ability-wise or he hasn't been trained how to, before he gets the ball, to do that same type stuff. And and I hope that's what the NFL can uncover. Because if he can get separation with the other skills he has, the sky's the limit. Right. I mean, literally, as soon as you get him the ball in his hands, he's going to make a play. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just the, the getting skill. open part that I feel getting like open. Um, he needs to work on. And hey, maybe that means him take some yoga classes to get more flexible or something. <laughs> I don't know. I I can't even bend over and touch my knees. So I, I, <laughs> yeah, I can't make fun of anybody. But yeah, I don't know if they can uncover that. Then look out. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right, let's talk. Just kind of round out this conversation about the guys that got drafted. Uh, Seth Williams, what are some of the favorite plays? I know we kind of mentioned a couple of them already. Any other ones that you can think of that kind of stand out to you uh, that Seth Williams made? Um, I mean, it's got to be the Oregon game. Um, as far as favorite play, just the catch against Oregon, that was amazing. Um, you know, th- that just the bow to him, that was awesome. Oh, yeah. Um, just always seeing it anytime the ball was going his way, just the excitement of knowing there was a chance. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to miss that. Um, you know, with KJ, I don't remember any particular plays, but um, I don't think, I don't know if I mentioned KJ, but I don't remember any particular plays, um, but, you know, or Sherwood, but I mean, just that they brought, they brought it every time they hit. So yeah, I, I will always remember that with them. Um, and I feel like a lot of those two players, I'm thinking back to when we were able to just completely shut down Georgia in 2019. They were big yeah. key players in that. And yeah. stepping up to the line of scrimmage and just hitting guys behind the line of scrimmage, tackle for losses, no gains. It, it was such a beautiful thing. And and it's not like there's, there's like this one key play, like, oh, wow, he did this huge interception and he ran it all the way back. Like, I, they weren't like that, but they were the consistent player – like I said, Jamie and Sherwood popped out some balls when he would make some tackles. And th- those are the awesome plays that NFL that the NFL just absolutely loves. I, I agree. Um, one other I just wanted to mention, and I felt like this is one of the cooler ones, was Seth Williams. Uh, after, well, this is during the Mississippi State game this last year. And Seth Williams, honestly, the most of the game against this one DB, he was getting completely owned. Seth Williams couldn't make any catches. I feel like he made one catch in like four quarters, it felt like. And then finally at the end of the game, Seth Williams was like, I'm finally just going to show this guy who's who's boss. And he <laughs> he was smack talk or the DB was smack talking to him and literally the next play, 
squirt a touchdown on him. And Seth Williams just started jawing off at him. And I was like, oh, man, this is such one of the coolest moments. Like, literally, guys just saying, you suck. You're terrible. And then, literally, next play, scores a touchdown right in your face. I love it. <laughs> I just love it. Yeah, that guy that guy deserved that. He had been talking trash most of the game. So, <laughs> I yeah. thought that, that was a good moment. And Seth is, you know, Seth's known to – I'm surprised. I'm surprised Seth didn't get more personal fouls than he did. <laughs> yeah. He's definitely very passionate. Let's say that. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, um, I feel like to some level, the top level wide receivers all have that little bit of that. Edge. Oh yeah. I mean, it just happens. <laughs> it, it, there's no doubt. I mean, it does. So, and uh, you may have, you may we're going to get to this too, but I know we got our we got our guy, Mister. Uh, I call him Grandpa Stove because he was around so oh, long. Oh yeah. We got our, we got Mr. Eli Stove that got taken as a free agent to was it the Chargers. Yeah, yeah, and, and I was going to mention him uh, just very briefly, but we'll get into him a little bit more um, in next week. We're going to do another one uh, once all of the different guys get picked up via free, free agency. We've gotten a couple so far, Eli Stove to the Chargers and then Jordan Peters uh, to the Jets. Oh, yeah, Jordan Peters. That's right. I forgot Yeah, that. so Here. so far that that's kind of where we're at um, on Sunday, but – there'll be others that get picked up um, over this next week and come next week, we'll do a, a devoted podcast, to all the free agents that got drafted and um, where they ended up going to. Um, and we might actually have a little fun topic. We'll, we'll have to see, wait and see what, what that might be next week. I don't even know. So I'm excited. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> um, Jared, uh, before we get out of here, any other final thoughts about the NFL draft and how Auburn did it? Uh, no, I mean, you know, it, it, it is what it is and it's not probably far off from what I expected other than Sherwood getting drafted and Seth falling to number six. But, um, that's just a, that's just a, a product of not having a great year. Um, and it was a weird year. And so, I mean, you got to keep in mind too, these combo or the, uh, yeah, the NFL combo, they weren't like they normally were. No. I mean, we're the same type. You know, did somebody else have to come to Auburn's thing? And if somebody else would have seen him, they might have taken Seth higher. You know, I mean, it was a, it's a, it's a weird scenario. But at the end of the day, every one of these, at least drafted players, are going to get a shot because they're paying them good money. Mm-hmm. And so, if they will go in there and make the best of it, we we might be seeing them all, you know, play on Sunday, which is which is always cool. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's so many good players that, like we mentioned at the beginning of the show, that were not drafted very high, but yet have made made their name known in the NFL. And a lot of them are still playing in, in the NFL. And I feel like that's a cool thing that you know the perseverance that that they have, um, and, and some of that I, I'm I'm. And just knowing Auburn and how we have to have so much uh, like just the hardships that come because we're just Auburn fans and Auburn players just we're, we have to go overcome that adversity um, and I feel like a lot of that leads into how, how well they play in the NFL as well alright Jared before we get out of here how can uh, the people stay in touch with you you can find me on Facebook and Instagram under Jared Davis and uh, you can find me on Twitter at A-J-Y-J-Y underscore. It's always great to be an Auburn Tiger and War Eagle. War Eagle. Before you get out of here, we want to remind you of a couple of things. Head over to E2Cnetwork.com, our website where you can find everything that you'll ever need from us, podcasts, blogs, and even ways to help support the show. 
you want to find individual episodes, you can download all of these on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. So until we see you again, I want to remind you of one thing that here at the network, we believe in Auburn and love it. The only question remains, do you?